Well, I don't know hardly where to start in introducing our preacher tonight. Um, we go, I guess, back to the sixth grade when we became acquainted with each other and, and through the um, junior high years and in high school years. And although we ran with a different crowd, uh, I still knew who it was. Of course, everybody knew who Brother Carter was. <clears throat> And for the reasons I won't tell you tonight. So, but uh, Brother Carter had been pastoring in um, Webster Gant Lake Baptist Church there, and and uh, I think it was during those years that uh, Brother Smith had started a Bible Institute there in the church in Orlando, and and so uh, he and I both, Brother Carter and I both, were attendees there, and. Um, we would uh, meet after we were married. I, I think everybody knows we married sisters. And uh, we, we'd meet one week at their house and the next week at, at our house. And from midnight until three o'clock in the morning, we learned more theology than the, time, the years we spent in Bible college. Uh, we would discuss everything that had been talked about in that institute or anything that anybody had preached. And... Um, I, I look back at, at those times and count it very precious to me that that we were able to uh, have a bond there that that uh, probably otherwise would never have happened. But um, the work he's done, the ministry he's done is just incredible. It, um, you think about it in a little town like Haines City and the work that he's built there. Uh, every time that he was going to start a new ministry, if he mentioned to me, I'd think to myself, that won't work in Haines City. But it did because he made it work. And God uh, God has had his hand on this man all through these years. And, and uh, I count it an honor to have him here tonight. I, I would not have asked for any better preachers than the two that we've, we've got here that you've uh, arranged to have with us. So, Brother Carter, come on, don't tell anything bad about me now. You ever see somebody plant something and then fear the crop that's coming up? <laughs> that might be Brother Wiggins tonight. I told him at the door back there, he said, you're going to take it easy on me. I said, you're going to sow, you're going to reap what you sowed. <laughs> Come back up if you would. I want to give you this Bible. Uh, Pastor Barry Parsons sent it to you, and of course our church and our college. And uh, it's got a special page in it here. Uh, well, you can't see it from out there. Uh, Landmark Baptist College and Brother Wiggins' name on it and a little uh, love offering to go with it. He asked me if it was a King James Bible. <laughs> of course, we, as he already said, we go back a long way and we can love each other and a little bit of fun at the same time. God bless you. The text in there that is marked, I'll use here tonight for just a little bit, and it's kind of my uh, testimony. I marked it in there, marked the date on it of tonight as we... Um, Kind of an honor to be here and have a part in the 50th year anniversary. And uh, he said to me a while ago, sitting up here, didn't it go fast? And then he said, well, no, not so fast. 
And uh, it depends on where you think about it and the way you uh, approach it, amen. But uh, this place got a lot of memories, good memories, sweet memories. And to see some of the uh, families come in, and uh, I see uh, Rick Fowler back there, and I think about the Fowler family in the early years here, and all the good times we had in serving God together. And uh, you've heard folks say I was, <laughs> I grew up poor and didn't know it. Well, I grew up poor and I did know it. And uh, we had some poor times here, but they were blessed times. <clears throat> we had some struggles uh, uh, in the early years of the church, but by the grace of God, it is still here doing the job and getting souls saved. And, and uh, we just praise the Lord for that. And uh, I just, uh, Brother Wiggins already said, we go back school days. We did marry sisters. That means we've carried the same burden, shared the same burden for years. But uh, <laughs> they've heard me say that before. But uh, in all reality, uh, what a, uh, I don't know if God's sense of humor or destiny or what, that he's allowed so many folks to come together in so many different ways uh, to cause his will to be done. And we praise the Lord uh, for that. The text I marked in his Bible there, you'll find in the book of Philippians chapter 1. And I kind of personalized it just a little bit as I thought about it, as I directed even personally to Brother Wiggins uh, tonight. And uh, uh, think about it. Um, you know, he's Dr. Wiggins now. No longer Gene, though I may call him that a few times tonight. Rightfully so, he's earned that doctorate. <laughs> Somebody said, uh, tell me one time, said all these preachers getting called doctors and they wouldn't make a good nurse. I said, I understand what you're saying, but I said many of them earned it, not necessarily because they turned in a thesis or a paper in some college, but because out there in the trenches they earned it, gritting it out, getting the job done, uh, I don't know about you, but if I went to the airport and the pilot met me there at the gate, a couple of pilots met me, and one of them said, you see this, um, you see this paper in my hand? I studied how to fly that thing, and they say that I have graduated and I can fly it. You want, to be, you want me to be your pilot tonight? The other guy says, well, you know, I never did get the paper. I never did go to college, but I flew one just like it in Vietnam. Would you like me to? I'd say, I'll take you. I want to take the guy that's done it. <laughs> the guy that's put it in. The guy that knows how to do it because he's been there. Amen. And that's what I think about Brother Wiggins tonight. I praise God for him. I read here in the first verses of uh, Philippians, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi and the bishops and deacon. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. And here I kind of personalize it to you, Brother Gene. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you, for you all, he was a southerner, for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, I thought about it tonight. We see the family gather in and people we've known a long time. 
Boy, what a great reunion we're going to have one day. <laughs> we, I heard Brother Wiggins up here trying to recognize the family, struggling along with it, having a lot of Joe Biden moments. <laughs> kind of strong together. I'm not criticizing him. I have one every time I turn around. <laughs> All right, help yourself. You know me. You're going to get it straight. Amen. But I do appreciate Brother Wiggins. I appreciate our heritage, our history, our fellowship through the years. And uh, I appreciate the ministry that God has used this man in for all his years. I choose another text and take it a little bit out of context. <clears throat> I'd go over to the first chapter of John and read verse 6, where it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. I believe also there was a man sent from God whose name is Gene. And I think about that. Uh, I don't know a lot about the early life of John the Baptist. I know this is talking about John the Baptist. You know, uh, we know a little bit about, uh, you know, the temple and his father and all that. We don't know a lot about him. The truth is some of y'all don't know as much about your pastor, Brother Gene, as I do. Brother Tony said to me, said, you're going to get even with him? I said, look. He said, well, you know, he kind of took a few digs at you. I said, yeah, but he's my friend. I don't hold that against him. Besides that, he might have been off his meds that night. I don't, I, I don't know. Amen. So I don't hold anything against it. I do know a few things some of you don't know. Some of you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe this man started a big fight one time in school. I don't remember, Gene, if it was 10th, 11th grade. Remember the biology class where they had those square tables? Big old tables, and we were sitting in the back, big room. And there was a, the coach was the teacher, and he was fairly tough, good guy. He was sitting up sort of on a platform, a raised platform, and we were in the back at the last table. I still remember it. You were the first one that direction. The next one was me, and the third one was Franklin, our buddy. And a fellow come walking by, another student. Later on in years, I found out he was 10, maybe even a cousin to Sonia and Janice. But he was an odd fellow for that day and time. He uh, wasn't too athletic, and he hung around the girls. I'm not talking about the pretty girls. I'm talking about the unpretty girls. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about the ones that just made us wonder about him. So we nicknamed him. Several different boys had a name for him. I don't know much about this guy, but we called this, we called this fellow that acted a little odd, we called him Valentino. And as he come down the aisle, he came by Brother Wiggins first, and this is where he started to fight. Gene said, hello, Valentino. And he walked on by me, and I said, hello, Valentino. And he 
walked by Franklin, the third one at the table, and he said, Franklin, kind of looking down his book, said, oh, Valentino, just kind of mumbled. And out of the side of my eye, I saw this big fist coming. I mean, a roundhouse. And I hollered, look out. And I shouldn't have hollered that because he looked up and he got it right in the right eye. And it knocked him clean out of his seat. And he jumped up, spinning his shoes on that slick tile to try to get a punch back. And I thought he deserved to have a punch back. Out of the other side of my eye, I saw the coach running down the aisle to break it up, and I accidentally stood up at the wrong time and blocked the coach. He never forgave me for that. The truth is, it all started with Brother Wiggins. <laughs> if he had not said what he said first, and all the rest of us would have, and he got off. Somehow or another, as we went through school, he always turned out to be a little quieter than most of us, and a little wiser, and he stayed out of trouble. <laughs> but some of the rest of us got into. I remember a gang of boys on the clock at the high school one morning, and it was a pretty day. It just seemed a shame to waste that day in school. So we got to talking about how good it would be to go to the lake, and the lake was down behind the school. And uh, I said, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to go swimming down at the dock. I said, look, that's too close. They'll see us. And uh, they know we're going. They all began to load up. Brother Gene shook his head. He was wise. He didn't go. We went. A couple of hours later, the principal of the school and the superintendent of the county was in the principal's office looking at the beautiful lake. And the superintendent, who was getting a little older, I mean, he must have been real old. He must have been 50, 60 by that time. <laughs> anyway... He said to the principal, said, look at those ducks jumping off that boathouse over there. And the principal said, ducks, nothing, that's boys. And they got us. And he got out of that. He dodged that. Amen. I had a lot of, uh, a lot of memories, but I don't know anything bad. Now, they did serve in Temple Baptist in Orlando and, uh, where Brother Jewel Smith, and they had a great influence on my life. And I praise God. He mentioned that a while ago. Uh, some of those days, tremendous. So I don't really know anything criminal unless it was when they tried to launder some money up there at the church. And it wasn't just Brother Wiggins, his wife was involved in that. <laughs> See, they were made treasurer and, and uh, in charge of financial stuff. And uh, it was a holiday weekend. And uh, come the next day, Janice was doing the laundry, and she noticed money floating with the suds. She was wondering about that. And uh, come to find out, they had taken the Sunday night offering home in a bag because the holiday couldn't do anything else with it. And they were going to hide it. Guess where she hid it? <laughs> she hid it in the laundry, but not in the laundry, but in the washing machine. And then she'd come in and turned it all on, and money went everywhere. They had to call the preacher. I don't think they got charged. I don't think they got a record or anything. But uh, that was money laundering, whether you know it or not. <laughs> Anyway, 
it all come out in the wash. Everything worked out all right. Amen. <laughs> oh, the Lord has his ways. <laughs> Would you think with me on it just a minute? I'm kidding around with Brother Wiggins a little bit, but um, 50 years, 50 years. Don't take it lightly, folks. 50 years. Do a little arithmetic. And this is, this is, uh, it's more than this. Multiply three sermons a week for 50 years. Then you throw in a Wednesday night, you throw in a chapel, and you throw in a funeral, you throw in a wedding. My doctor said to me uh, some long time ago, he said, you got to get rid of the stress. I said, how do you get rid of stress, doctor? I said, you face all the times we got to stand before the people, all the times we got to speak, and tell me you wouldn't have stress. Uh, yes, you, you think about it. Don't, don't, don't take it long, uh, lightly, what I'm saying to you. That many sermons, that many times, staying instant in season and out of season, so you're just always on call. You think about it. A preacher does have an, a u unique position. You know, the average life of somebody has a crisis every now and then average life. They may have a death occasionally. And all that I do not minimize. But wait a minute. A preacher whose heart's on his congregation and on his friends and on his church members, every crisis they have is his crisis also. Multiply that out and the burden that comes from that. So don't, don't minimize 50 years in the ministry. It is of God. This man had to be called of God or he couldn't have done that. And uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing that God gives grace for it. But I want to say to you, we're still human and we still hurt. We still bleed. We still cry. We still have all the same emotions that anybody else does. But we're in a position there to have to stand true for the Lord. You know, Brother Wiggins' ministry proves God in his life. I've uh, seen that testimony in his life. I'll just touch on a couple of things. Uh, you know, God is a provider. He promises that he'll provide our needs. And I've seen that in uh, Brother uh, Wiggins' life. I remember when he and Janice went to Bible college. I remember how that he had, a, uh, for that day and time, a pretty good job. And uh, yet he was going to quit that job. He was going to load up a wife and a baby and go to Bible college with no job and to go out there. And I remember some of even uh, family members fussing at you about that and saying, are you crazy? You can't do that. But see, God had a call on him. And he was obeying God instead of uh, man and, and getting over the fears of it. I, I, I saw God provide. I went out there. I'd come to Haines City and just started pastoring. And uh, within six months of that, you graduated in Springfield, Missouri. And Sonia and I loaded up and found out there are no roads to Springfield, Missouri. You just go that direction. We got out there for the graduation service. And uh, there, Gene and Janice were living in a, a little rented place, and uh, we were there for the graduation. And uh, the very afternoon before he graduated that night, I went with him. He was making his, uh, he was paying his bills out there uh, with, a, with a paint bucket and a brush painting houses. And he said, I got one more to finish up. This will be the last one. And, and I, I went with him as he finished up the front porch on that house and graduated that night and packed up the truck the next day to move to Tennessee. I saw God provide for him. He proved God's provision was sufficient. You know, 
I do praise God for him. He mentioned a while ago our late night sessions. Um, during those times, we discussed whether or not God could take care of us. How can you just quit your job? How can you just uh, drop everything? How can you just step out on faith? I mean, it's one good thing to hear a preacher rail on faith. And, oh, that sounds good. But it comes your turn to take that step. It's a little bit different. But I saw him take that step. I saw him go and graduate, and, and God moved him back to the church in uh, Tennessee, and uh, he, got the, he got the job. I saw God not only provide, I, I saw him when he moved back to the church that he proved God's power because he took a church. The auditorium was bigger than this one, but the church had gone on hard times, and there were just very few people. You know, you know psychologically what happens when people come to visit a church? And he'll seat 1,500, and there's 50 there. Oh, yes, that, they're probably not going to come back. They see something wrong. That's what he took. It didn't look promising, but he proved the power of God because he stayed, he stuck, and he preached, and he got the job done, and he won souls, and a great work was done there in Maryville, Tennessee. He uh, had a big challenge to face, and... Uh, Yet when he left that place under God's call, he proved God's power, and he left it on the mountaintop, not in the valley. He left it as a work that God had raised up, and it's still going, I believe, today. Uh, I, I want to say to you, John was a man sent from God, and I believe Gene is a man sent from God. I say this, the call here to this church, and I praise God for this church. It's meant so much in my history and in my life. This old church had fallen uh, uh, down a little bit. It was needing help. I'd come over and tried to, tried to help it some, and, and uh, it was in a, in a struggle. And uh, I was trying to see what God wanted done, and God laid Brother Wiggins on my heart. Because you see, he and I both were saved here, I believe, in the early years. And uh, I called him and I talked to him. And it didn't look like the smartest thing he'd ever done to leave Maryville, the church there that now was established well and going good, come to a place that was struggling. But he did. And I thank God that he did. Many of you ought to be thankful because it's been an influence on your life that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And he came and he accepted the church and... and uh, I praise the Lord uh, for that, and uh, we rejoice now over the victory I see here. You heard Brother Chan McMillan a while ago talking about the support of missions. What this church has always been a mission-minded church, but there was a time they had to get behind on the mission payments, had to get behind on a lot of things. But look at it now, what God has done. As I pulled up tonight and parked there, looked around, I said, thank God for what's happened here. Thank God for Central Baptist Church. Thank God for all the preachers that's gone out, all the missionaries that's gone out, all the different ones like myself that can say God started me off there. Oh, yes, I've seen, uh, I've seen Brother Wiggins serve here faithfully, and I've seen him prove God's call and power on his life and uh, see all the good things uh, that has happened. You know, through the years, Philippians 1, 5, I just read here, verse 5. I thank God, Brother Wiggins, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. 
You know, preachers do need fellowship. <laughs> they need fellowship one with another, men of like mind, men of like doctrine. Uh, it, it, it helps us. The Bible speaks of a threefold cord is not easily broken. And oftentimes people like Brother McBride and Brother Wiggins have been a comfort to me in some of the battles and struggles maybe that I have been through to realize somebody else knows what I'm going through. Somebody else is praying for me. Somebody else feels what I feel. And I've always felt that with, uh, with Brother Gene Wiggins. And I praise the Lord uh, that I can say that tonight. Through the years, he's been a faithful friend. And God has used him in, uh, in my life. And he's been a blessing to the landmark ministry, whether it be the college or school or whatever else. He's, uh, he's been a supporter. We praise the Lord for it. Brother Parsons sending him the Bible there in recognition of uh, the support that he's been to us and one that we could call on and get help from whenever uh, we need it. And uh, Brother Wiggins is the kind, you know, some folks are really nice to your face, but they cut you down behind. You've probably never known anybody like that. We preachers know them all the time. Amen. And I hate to say it, but sometimes preachers will stand and listen to somebody criticize, and that critic thinks they agree with me because they listen to me. Where they maybe not, maybe didn't. But Brother Wiggins is the kind that'll speak up and say, hey, that's not right. He's got the guts, the backbone, the spiritual discernment. And I've known several different times, and I know this is a shock to y'all, but I have a few critics around. But Brother Wiggins has spoke up several times to different ones and said, I know better than that. <laughs> Amen. That's a friend that, as the Bible describes, sticks closer than a brother. Thank God for you, Brother Wiggins. I appreciate it. The times you've come uh, to my defense. What I appreciate him about him the most is he's stuck by the book, stuck by the doctrine, stuck by the word, and not compromised. And that's not... That's not that common no more. It's sad, but I remember saying this. You might remember this a few years ago we talked. And I said, you know, even some preachers that I haven't heard from in 10 years, I want to know something about them again. I've never seen so much forsaking the truth and running to the left. Liberalism as it's going on today. And I thank God old Central Baptist Church is sticking by the stuff, being led by a man that won't bend and won't compromise. And bless God, I thank, I, I thank God for his testimony. And I personally thank God for you, my brother Gene, that you stayed with the word. And the souls that's been saved and will be saved here till Jesus comes. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's important that we stick by the stuff, folks. When it's all said and done with all the new gimmicks and all the new twists and all the new ideas, when it gets right back down to the basics, a man still needs to hear the blood-bought gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the only power that's going to deliver him out of the mess that he's got himself in. And we want to be that lighthouse that keeps on getting the gospel out as God intended. So, Brother Wiggins, I say thank God for you tonight. I ask God's blessing on you. And I claim this last verse in the text here, being confident of this very thing, confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We have a little song that our 
that we sing at our church through the years. Our staff kind of jokes about it a little bit, especially when we got them sweating out there cleaning up the youth camp or something else. But we sang the song, We'll Work Till Jesus Comes. <laughs> and that's the only place we can stop. We can't stop until he comes. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for the time we've been able to share. Thank you for the precious memories of this place. Thank you for the people that you've used here through the years. Thank you for the lighthouse that it still is. Thank you, Father, for Brother Wiggins coming when you called him and the work that's been done. Thank you for these that you've added to the ministry with him. We pray your blessings on his health and strength and on this church and all the leaders in this church that it may continue to be that lighthouse until Jesus Christ himself says it's enough. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask we stand with our heads bowed. I want to ask Brother Tony maybe to come back and however he wants to end the service tonight. Amen. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, please. If you're here this evening, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we want to give you an opportunity to trust our Lord. These two giants of the faith have been serving the Lord for a long time and seen many souls saved. But if there's one person that's here this evening that does not know the Lord and you'd like to come and receive him, we encourage you to do so. So if you're here this evening and say, Brother Tony, I'm not certain that I would go to heaven, but I want to be. Please pray for me. If that's you, just slip your hand up so we can pray for you. All right. Maybe here tonight say, Brother Tony, I am saved, and I'm so glad about it. I'd like you to raise your hand, please. I would like you to look around and look at the blessings of God all over this place. I hope you know that the men that stood before you this evening, our dear pastor and Pastor Carter, what, what giants of the faith. Lord, we'll just give you a moment. If the Lord has spoken to your heart for whatever reason, just give you an opportunity to come to the altar and talk to the Lord about it, just for a moment. Well, Mike, if you'll lead us. dismissed here in just a moment. I, I do want to thank all of our guests for being here. Thank you so much for being here to honor preacher Ms. Wiggins. It's 50 years of wonderful service to our Lord. So thankful for him. Uh, what we're going to do
is um, instead of the way we normally have a fellowship, everybody just goes and crowds around and uh, gets in line there. But what we want to ask you to do, all the plates are already at the tables. So when we're dismissed, you'll just go right out these doors or those doors and go down to the gymnasium and just go ahead and find your place. Go ahead and find your table there. And then um, we're going to ask Pastor Miss Wiggins and our guests and their family uh, to go ahead and... and uh, uh, go through our line first, and then uh, we'll go ahead and dismiss different tables at that at that time by the different rows. Uh, what we also want to do is we have a backdrop that's set up there. Pastor and Miss Wiggins will be up on the platform. Their table will be there. Uh, they're going to be trying to eat, uh, but it's going to be difficult for them because we want you to come up there behind them, and we're going to take pictures of them with you. Um, to uh, look back at this time and say, we're so glad we were able to be there. Uh, so we want to go ahead and do that this evening as well. Uh, there's some, some some pictures over there that if you'd like to thumb through those and see pre Preacher when uh, he had dark hair, amen? <laughs> so you can see some of that. You'll enjoy those pictures. And uh, But let's go ahead and be dismissed in prayer and ask the Lord's blessings on our fellowship Brother Rouse, would you dismiss us, please, sir? the face that I see in the mirror, the one I want others to see? Do I show in the way that I walk in my life the love that you've given to me? My heart's desires to be like you. In all that I do, all that I am, do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize my face? Do I communicate your love and your grace? Do reflect who you are in the way I choose to be. Do they see Jesus, Jesus in me? Well, it's amazing that you'd ever use me. But use me the way you will. Help me to hold out a heart of compassion.
compassion and grace, a heart that your spirit fears. May I show forgiveness and mercy the same way you've shown it to me. Do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize your face? Do I communicate your love and your grace? Do I reflect who you are in the way I choose to be? Do they see Jesus, Jesus in me? Well, I want to show all the world that you are the reason I live and breathe. Because you'll be the one that they see. When they see me, do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize your face? Do I communicate your love and your grace? Do I reflect who you are in the choose you to be? Do they see Jesus, Jesus in me? in me
We have one additional presentation for the pastor and Ms. Wiggins. Ms. Wiggins, we won't ask you to come up, but uh, pastor, if you will. I'm kind of speechless. Uh, that's not unusual for me, though, but um, appreciate it so much. It's been, uh, it doesn't seem like it's been 50 years in one way, and in another way it does. But um, the, all the things that the Lord has done through me is, I've had you, Brother uh, McBride, this morning preaching about you, no one man can do it by himself. It takes all of us working together. And um, that, that has been a cooperative effort. And I appreciate all of you, love you. And um, I'm so happy that I'm your pastor. And I appreciate, appreciate this, appreciate this plaque. so thrilled to have Dr. Carter with us this evening. He's going to be preaching for us this evening. And uh, there's another person that we really wanted to be here. And I'm certain that Pastor will mention much of his family that's here. But uh, we have another person that was not able to be here. And that's Brother Chan McMillan. He's one of our longtime heroes of the faith and such good friends of ours. And we love him very dearly. Please be praying for him and Miss Maxine. But he sent a letter. He, he wanted to make sure that uh, he, was, he made his presence known in some ways. And uh, you'll enjoy this. But he says, Dr. Wiggins and Ms. Wiggins, greetings in Christ's wonderful and so very precious name. Congratulations on preaching for 50 years. I didn't even know there were that many sermons in the Bible. <laughs> he says, what a journey. So many years ago, we met and our Lord began to knit our hearts together and there was a tremendous respect and love that budded and blossomed. Thank you for loving and using an old hog slopper Baptist preacher from Bald Hill, Mississippi. We had some great times in those exciting missionary months. That was always the highlight of my year. Thank you for all of those quarters and the tens of thousands of dollars for the Bible Fund and for our, our personal support as well. You and your church are great givers, and I believe that a Christian must become a great giver before they can become a great Christian. Giving proves that we have overcome greed. I call myself a Luke 6.38, Christian, and Luke 6.38 reads, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. We cannot outgive the Lord, he says, but it sure is a lot of fun trying. God is looking for a cheerful giver, but he'll take it from an old grouch, he says. Then, of course, he had to preach. He wasn't here, but he had to preach. So I'll just give you his outline. Point number one, to receive a gift is pleasure. Point number two, to give a gift is treasure. 
And then point number three, the amount of the gift is the measure. I've always heard that to have a good sermon, you got to have three points in a poem. There's no poem. So I'll have to call him and ask him about that. But then he closes with, God bless you and your church on this wonderful day. We love you and appreciate you so very much. Psalm 62, verse 1, 2, and 5.